Man, sing to God be the glory.
fellowship and say hi. as we uh, continue our worship the Lord.
right. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Good to see some visitors and uh, good to have our home folk with us as well this morning. And I hope and pray that you've already been blessed for being here in the Lord's house. Looking forward to uh, what the Lord has for us this morning. Then after our service, after our preaching this morning, we'll have a baptismal service. And uh, so we're praising the Lord for that as well. I'm going to invite you to Psalm 122 this morning. Psalm 122. It is love our church day, love the sanctuary day. And so today what we're going to do, just so you know, at the end of our service we'll, have a, we'll take up an offering. And everything that's not designated to tithes or missions... So everything that comes in that's not designated to ties or missions are going to go to our parking lot fund. I hope that you've been praying about maybe giving a special offering for that today. And uh, um, that's looking forward to getting that paid this year. Amen. And so hopefully that'll, be getting, that'll get done this year. Uh, Psalm 122 verse 1. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates of Jerusalem, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgments and thrones of the, of the house of David. Pray for, uh, for the peace of Jerusalem, they that sh- sh- prosper, that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, just to come together and to worship you as a church family. And Lord, that... Uh, Lord, we have this great and grand opportunity, and Lord, we just thank you uh, that you love this church and that you love us so much that you're willing to die, and you did die for our sins. And Lord, I ask, uh, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that uh, today will be that day of salvation. Lord, I do ask for you to speak to our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look in again there at Psalm 122, verse 1. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Isn't that good? I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Aren't you, are you excited about being in God's house? I tell you, I love my church. I love my church and uh, I hope you love your church as well. Um, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it. Christ loved the church so much that he gave his only life, his life for us. And then the Bible says in Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto the, them who are of the household of faith. Uh, church, I believe we ought to love one another. This is a month of love, and uh, of course we missed the first or the second week of Love Your Spouse week. Uh, we didn't have services, but we should love one another. This morning we want to look at the important key to spiritual growth. Uh, I I believe I I want this church to grow in number, but more importantly, I want our church to grow in spirit. I want us to grow in truth and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. That's the most important thing. And we're going to look at that and look at uh, and developing a love for the local church. How can we develop a love for the local church? Let me say this morning that love is uh, probably one of the most 
misused words and misunderstood words in, in the dictionary. Uh, a lot of times we think that love is, is uh, an emotion or a feeling. Love is not an emotion and it's not a feeling, but rather it's an act or, uh, of our will. Um, love is an action word. It's not just something that we say, it's something that we do. You might have heard me say that before. It's something that we do. It's not just, it's easy for someone to say, I love you. But to show that love, to, uh, to demonstrate that love, as Christ demonstrated his love for us when he died on the cross. You see, at our couples retreat here a few weeks ago, I'm going to put a little plug in here for our couples retreat. It's going to be at the end of April. And uh, looking forward to a great time. It's going to be in Brown County this year. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Cost is $150. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we don't want money to ever be an option. But couples, we want you to sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet on the back table. And, but anyways, a couple of years ago, uh, maybe four or five years ago, Brother Bobby was doing our couples retreat and done a wonderful job. But he said something that stuck with me and it probably will stick with me to the day that I die. And he said this. He said his wife, they were driving along, and his wife said to him, Honey, tell me why you love me. Now she was wanting to say, wanting him to say, Well, because you're beautiful and you're just talented and all these things, which she is. But he said, uh, he said Well, he thought for a few moments, and he said, I love you because I said I would. Now that's not the most romantic thing that you want to say to your wife. My wife would probably slap me. Uh, but... Uh, she said, he said, I, I love you because I said I would. And then he went on to explain. He says, I, I love her. She's beautiful. He says, and, and I think she is. And he says, but if she got in a wreck and marred her face up, I'd still love her because I said I would. Hmm. Got me thinking a little bit. He says, I think she's got a wonderful personality, but what if she loses her mind? I'm still going to love her. Because it's a choice that I made years ago to love her. It's an action. It's not just something we say. Just because something happens, because problems come in our life, doesn't mean we stop loving someone. See, that's the Hollywood type of love today. And that's wrong. See, uh, I believe regardless of how we might feel about our sweetheart, we do not fall into love. Or for that matter, we do not fall out of love. To love or not to love is a conscious choice that each of us make. To love. You know, and the same is true with our love for, for God and His church. We love God because He first loved us. And when we, uh, when we were unlovable, and we are still unlovable. I can tell you that much. I know myself and I can speak for myself. I'm unlovable at times. I thought I'd get a big amen from that back near the back row. But, uh, but uh, didn't get an amen there. So that's good. Got her trained well. Um, okay, I better move on. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But to love, you know, it's, you know, when we're unlovable, he still loves us. You know why? Because he said he would loves us because he said he would. Uh, when we uh, disappoint him, guess what? He still loves us. Why? Because he said he would. When we disobey him, which we all do, he still loves us because he said he would. Isn't that good? 
I mean, love is not something because d- determined on circumstances. Love is an action. It is something that we say, and when we say we, uh, we mean it. We understand that God made a choice to love us, and we see that love expressed by him giving his life on the cross for our sins. We must also make the choice to love him and his church. The Bible says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. He said with all. You know what that word all means? It means complete or entirety. With every sense of being we have, we're to love the Lord our God. We're commanded. It's not just something that uh, we say. It's something that we do. We experience. We show that love to the Lord. When things are going our way, we still need to love Him. Why? Because we said we would. Because when things are not going our way, we still need to love Him. Uh, Because we said we would. When we're going through trials and heartaches, we need to still love Him. Why? Because we said we would. You see, the same is true about the local church. Can I tell you, I I want to tell you this. This is not the perfect church. Because we're not perfect people. You've heard me say this before. But if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it. You're only going to ruin it. <laughs> because you're sinners. We're all, we're all sinners. So let me tell you, you're, this church is going to have problems. Your pastor is going to have problems. Okay? Why? Because I'm a sinner. And there's no perfect people in here. We're all going to sin. But can I tell you, we love the church not because of the pastor. We love the church because we said we would. Isn't that good? We love his church because we said we would. All right? And so uh, when, we, when things are going well, love the church. When things aren't going so well, still love the church. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. He didn't say the perfect church. He said he loved the church and gave himself for it. For us to grow spiritually, we must become more and more like Christ. And if we want to grow to be more like Christ, we need to learn to love what the Lord loved. So this morning we want to discuss the importance of loving the local church. Love is an action, so we need to see some how to show our love for the church. I'm going to give you three thoughts this morning. We'll have the message Number one, we show our love for the church by being faithful. By being faithful. How can I show my love? Well, be faithful to God's house. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.24, And let us, not, uh, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're going to be faithful with our presence. We're going to be faithful with our presence in the Lord's house. Apparently, some of the early believers had been neglecting the church, uh, the, the church fellowship time. So that's why he's saying this, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Hebrew writer encourages God's people to be faithful to God's house. 
I believe that the Bible teaches that we need to be in the house when the, uh, the house of God, when the church doors are open. Now, I do believe that the Lord understands vacations, uh, sickness, uh, work, and those type of things. But I don't think the, the Lord understands when we just think we have a little hangnail and we're oh, not going to go to church today. Or God wants us to be in his house. We need to be faithful to God's house. He understands. I, I, if you have to work, God understands that. We have to provide. If you provide not for your family, you're worse than the infidel, the Bible says. All right, so I understand. The Lord knows about work and understands those things. But I believe many Christians today make excuses why they can't be at church. Come on, hide. Make excuses why we can't be here. Can I tell you, they're, they're exactly what they are excuses. You see, if we're going, you are faithful to bring, uh, to be in your place in the Lord's house, and listen, people will miss you when you're gone. I heard a pastor say that one time. Do do people miss you when you're gone? If you weren't in the service, would people would they even realize you're not here? I went through my uh, when I go through and I pray for different people because usually people sit in the same spots. There are some people moved around a little bit today, but usually you sit in the same spots. And and uh, I go through and I pray for everyone. And I and I remember, hey, they weren't here Sunday. Oh, they weren't here this last Sunday. I, I need to pray for them and uh, make sure that everything's okay. They're not sick. And but I I miss you when you're not here. I miss you. But be faithful with your presence, but also be faithful with your participating. It's interesting to note that the emphasis in this verse here is not what a believer gets from the assembly, but rather on what he can contribute to the assembly. Many have, their, their, have in their mind, what does this church have to offer me? What, what can this church offer me? I, I hear that all the time. Well, what programs do you have? And what do you have for my children? And what about this? And, and all these things. I'm going to steal this from JFK. He said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'm going to steal that thought and say, ask not what your church can do for you. But ask, what can I do for my church? How can I be a better servant for the Lord in his house? I, I was, I was uh, looking uh, this last, I believe it was Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and went in, uh, downtown to the state house and uh, had prayer with our governor and some of the senators and representatives. And, and uh, the one thing, they, you know, they were all surprised that we would come in there. They would ask, okay, what do you want? <laughs> that, that's what they, they, they thought I was a lobbyist or something like that. And uh, I said, no, I just want to know how can I serve you? How can I pray for you? Give me some things I can pray for you about. Uh, I'm not giving you my agenda. I don't want to tell you anything. All I want to do is pray for you. Folks, what if we came in with that attitude to the church house and said, not, not, what's the church going to give me today? But we say, what can I do for the church today? How can I better serve someone in the church today? How can I better serve the Lord today? I believe that would change our attitudes about church. Ask what you can do for your church, not what your church can do for you. Faithfulness to church attendance encourages others. It provokes others. It prods others to be faithful as well. One of the strong motives for faithfulness is the second coming of the Lord. When I think about that, we talked a little bit about this last week in the evening service. But, you know, 
What if the Lord was to come back on Sunday morning and you weren't in God's house? Think about that for a moment. Now, there was an excuse. You didn't have no real good excuse. You weren't at work. You weren't sick. You weren't out on vacation. You were just playing hooky. I think I would be ashamed if the Lord was to come back. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited. I'm just telling you, folks, if we love the Lord, it'll be seen in our faithfulness. It'll be seen in our faithfulness by participating in, in by being present. The Bible says to consider one another. Spending time with one another helps us to think about one another's needs. You know, if we only see each other once a week or once every two or three weeks, how are we going to know how to pray for each other? How are we going to know we need to communicate? We need to be here. That's why I love coming to the Lord's house and seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ and say, how can I pray for you this week? How, how, what, what's going on in your life? I want to know these things. Why? Not because I'm nosy, not because I have so much extra time on my life that I just... No, it's because I care about you and we need to care for one another. Love one another. Provoke unto love and good works, the Bible says. That word provoke means to stir up, to incite, or to prod. We are to look for ways to stir up each other. Iron sharpeneth iron and encourage one another in the Lord. This carries with the idea of motivation and encouragement. Christians will be hard-pressed to find such a motivation and encouragement anywhere else. I mean, more of an encouragement than in the church. I hope that's what you found at our church, not just a house of prayer, but a, a church that encouraged one another. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. When one of us is, is rejoicing, we all rejoice, and that's what the church is all about. I've seen people go through uh, times of troubles and, and they don't have a church family. I tell you, I don't know how they do it. I need my church family. Be faithful by participating, being in the, the church, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Does this mean that we should be at every service? Yes, I believe it does. If we love the church, we will not blow off public Worship, Bible studies, and fellowship times if we can help it. Now, I did put that disclaimer in there. I understand those things that, that when we can't be here, if we will develop a love for the local church, we won't be like some, as the Bible's forsake not the assembly of together as some, as a manner of some is. But we will desire to be present and exhorting one another even more as we see the day approaching. And I said what that day approaching means as the Lord's coming back, His return. Can I tell you, the Lord's return is imminent. That means that He could come back before this service is over. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Because this world's getting more, worse, waxing worse and worse and worse. See, where would you be? Where do you want to be at when Jesus comes? I want to be right here. In God's house. But also, I want you to, uh, I, I'll tell you this story. I wrote it down here, but I can remember back in 2000. Back in 2000, we were having a watch night service at Lifeline. And I was so, I, I believe with all my heart that the Lord was going to come back that night. I just, I mean, you all heard about the Y2K and the crisis and everybody, everybody was concerned. Lord was going to come back then. And I was just convinced he was going to come back. He didn't know the time nor the hour, but I was just like, I want to be in God's house. So we decided we're going to be at, at church 
Because I'd be, had rather be no other place in this world than be in God's house when the Lord comes back. I, I just have a love for the, Lord's, the Lord and His church. But then also we can be, be faithful by providing. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. You will never truly experience all that the Lord has in store for you if you're not being faithful and you're providing your, your giving to the local church. Then number two, I want you to notice, show your love for your church by being fruitful. By being fruitful. Colossians 1.10 says, That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We need to be busy about serving God. We talked about it a little bit in the teen service today. We need to be busy about serving God. Why do we do what we do? Well, I said this last Sunday night, but if we're doing it because of someone, in a, I'm doing this because of Brother Brian. That's the reason I'm doing it. I can tell you this. When Brother Brian disappoints me or if he doesn't appreciate me like I think he should, I'm going to be all upset about it. But if I do it because I love the Lord and I'm doing it because the Lord has asked me to, it doesn't matter whether he appreciates it or not. Let me say, he does appreciate me. I know that. But can I tell you, we do what we do because we love the Lord and because the Lord has called us to do those things. That way it doesn't matter if people appreciate it or not. I've witnessed folks get all upset out of, uh, uh, because people are unthankful. I was one of those people. I remember I, I said this last Sunday night, but some of you weren't here, so uh, I'm going to repeat it. But uh, I, we were doing this job. We were building a, a uh, ramp for this couple, and they, uh, they didn't come out and thank us. They didn't offer us a glass of water. They didn't, do, they didn't do anything. They didn't even come out to say hello to us. And I told my pastor at the time, I said, this made me mad. I mean, I was mad. I couldn't believe they didn't even offer us a glass of water. And I told Brother Taylor about it. I said, what? I can't believe these people. He goes, why are you doing it? And he goes on. He says, I'm doing this because God asked me to do this, showed me to do this. He says, that way if they don't appreciate it, I don't care. I'm doing it for the Lord. Folks, if we just change our minds. Brother Jimmy goes out and he helps people all the time. Brother Jimmy, don't do it for me. Do it because you do it for the Lord. And I know He does. Because there's going to be times people are going to be unthankful. We're living in those days. But do what you do because you want to be pleasing to the Lord and because you're doing it for His glory and His honor. We need to be busy about serving, but also busy about soul winning. Folks, you know God has called not just a pastor to go out soul winning, but He's called each born-again believer to share your testimony with others. You say, but pastor, I have no idea how to tell someone about the Lord. Do you know about when you got saved? Tell them what the Lord did for you. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul did. He didn't go into any dissertations or anything like that. All he did was like, hey, I was on the road to Damascus and the Lord came to me and spoke to my heart. And, and just tell about when, what the Lord did for you. And share with them, hey, 
Jesus forgave me of my sins. I was a sinner. I realized that. Christ died for me and he, I asked him to forgive me and he saved me by, from my sins. That's all I know. You don't have to be a theolo- uh, easy for me to say, a, a scholar to, to be a soul winner. Just share what God has put upon your heart. There in Luke 14, 23, it says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. Folks, I believe we need to encourage people to come into God's house. The Bible says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. What kind of fruit is that? The Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Then number three, the last thing I have for you this morning is we can show our love for the church by being fervent. Be excited about your church. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. That you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word fervent here, what that means is it means earnest and excited. See, you want to make a difference in this church, then get earnest, get excited about your church. See, show, uh, show that, you, that you love your church, show that you're excited about your church. I, I've had, uh, I don't think I'd be very effective in, in getting people to come to our church if I went up to someone and said, hey, you, you, you probably don't want to come to my church this weekend, do you? You'd probably just rather stay at home, wouldn't you? I mean, pastor put you to sleep anyways. No, get excited. Hey, listen. Hey, we got church this Sunday. It's sanctuary Sunday. Hey, we're going to have a great time. I'm telling you, hey, we'll go out and eat afterwards. Which do you think people would rather see? Someone that is boring and um, probably don't want to go to church. Or someone on this side that says, hey, come on, let's go this weekend. It's going to be a great time. Hey, I'll take you to Chinese. Okay, not Chinese. I'll take you somewhere else. But get excited about going to church. You know why kids aren't excited about going to church? Because mom and dad, now I'm going to get on my high horse here in a minute. Mom and dad says, come on kids, we've got to go to church today. Come on, hurry up and get ready. There's fatness there. (laughs) Parents, if you're not excited about the things of God, why on earth do you expect your kids to be excited about God's things? It's not going to happen. It isn't going to just uh, work through them. They're going to be excited about being at God's house because they're teenagers. Can I tell you, my teenagers aren't excited about anything except for sleep and food. That's it. And boys now. They said that I can't use them as examples, so I'm just telling things about them. But get excited about God's house. Get excited about coming to church, folks. This is a place that we can worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who died for your sins, Amen. that had made atonement for your sins, that has provided a heaven for you to live in. That's right. I mean, get excited about it, folks. Excitement breed, bleeds excitement or breeds excitement, doesn't it? 
You know, have you ever been around people? Brother Moon was like this, and my college professor. And he's preached here. I'm going to have him come back sometime. Because, man, I remember the first day I met him. He got me so excited about the things of God. I mean, he was like this all the time. <laughs> I mean, just running around stage. And he just, I mean, amen. Yeah. God's good. I mean, he just gets excited about things. And I tell you what. He made me so excited. I would get excited. I would start saying the same things. Just as stupid as he did. <laughs> but you know what? Excitement breeds excitement. Get excited about God's house. Get excited about reading God's word. When you get up in the morning, it's, oh, get my Bible out. That would be my Christian duty. <laughs> Folks, if you don't get excited about God's Word, how do you expect to get something out of it? If you're just sitting there, oh, I'm going to do this. But no, it's a privilege. Do you realize God preserved you this? Do you realize the people that were willing to die for this? Three thoughts of Hope and Mars. I believe they had a fervent love for the scriptures. I believe they had a fervent love for the sanctuary. I believe they had a fervent love for souls. Folks, let's get excited. Let's not just come to church thinking, oh, we've got to do our Christian, but get excited. Let's, parents, let's get excited. Let's excite our kids about getting in God's house again. And it's not just because of the things that they have to offer, but it's because we get to come and worship the King, the one who died for our sins. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Do you love your church? I hope that you do. I hope that you do. Your church loves you. Let me say that. Church loves you. Get excited about God's principles, His precepts. One of the most exciting things for me is when, is when new converts and young Christians, even older Christians, but they come up to me and they say, Pastor, come look at what God said in His Word right here. Look at this. You know what? I get excited with them. You know why? Not, I've read it many times, but I get excited more because they're getting excited. Get excited about God and His scriptures and His, His house. Maybe you hear this morning, you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today. I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me? I just, in honesty, no one else is looking around. But in honesty, I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? Just be honest enough. Thank you. Anyone else? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been excited about his word. Maybe you haven't been excited about his house. I haven't even been excited about his return. 
Pastor, I need to get excited about God and His things and His Word and His... Get excited about prayer. Get excited about these things. Get excited about serving God once again. David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Pastor, I've lost that joy. I've lost that excitement. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, hands across the room. Yes. Yes, I'm going to pray for you. The Bible says this, that he's... If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the, the exciting thing is, is that today you walked in, you walked in today not excited about the things of God, but you can leave excited once again, starting afresh. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank You for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. Lord, I thank You for... Lord, just how you've excited me once again. I, 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 I got to admit that I haven't been as excited about some things as I should be. And Lord, this, through this message, you've excited me once again. And Lord, I pray that this will just uh, bleed over into our congregation and that we'll just get on fire. Lord, you said in your word that you would rather us be hot or cold and not lukewarm. And I see lukewarm Christianity all day long. And Lord, I pray... Lord, that we would be on fire for you once again. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Do a work that only can't you can. Lord, for those that raise their hands for not sure of salvation, not sure that they're, if they were to die today, Lord, I pray that you would work on their hearts, that they would come before uh, the service is over. We can get that settled in their hearts so they can know for sure that heaven's their home. Lord, for those that aren't excited about maybe their Bible reading or their prayer life or their walk or whatever, however the Holy Spirit dealt with their hearts today, God, restore unto them that joy, that excitement once again. Light a fire, a flame that only will be turned out by you, Lord. I pray that you would work a great work in our lives. We'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to ask you, has God dealt with your heart this morning? The Holy Spirit of God dealt with you. Would you find a place at the altar? Those that are going to get prepared for baptism, you go ahead and make your way out. God spoke to you. I'm going to encourage you just to find a place at the altar. Do business with God.
attitude of prayer. You may be seated, but just if God does deal with your heart during this invitation invitation time, you just come as the Lord deals with you. for the baptism. While pastor's getting ready, let's go ahead and turn over to 371. Continuation of the message and our worship to the Lord, but also to remember to have our heart's desire to worship Him and love Him.
Let's go ahead and turn over 498. Sing, thank you, Lord. good way to start the, the day off. Let me give you a few announcements. We do uh, want to remind some things. This coming Sunday, or Saturday, is our prayer breakfast. Everyone is welcome to come to that, and uh, we'll have a, a short time of prayer and devotion, and then afterwards we're going to have a baby shower for baby Amos, and they're registered at Walmart, and uh, so we'd love for you to be here this coming Saturday. Men, we're going to ask you to stick around. We're going to pick up some things around the church Give you something to do as well uh, while the ladies are in there doing their uh, baby shower thing, whatever it is. So, uh, but anyway, so that's this coming Saturday. And then next, uh, let's see. Um, okay, on Friday, March the 30th, I want to make this known. March the 30th is Good Friday, and we're going to have a combined service here at the church. Um, just make plans. This is a Friday. And at 7 o'clock, Good Friday, and uh, we're going to have a service here. Brother Wes is going to preach. Um, Brother Burt Bunner's church, they're going to provide the music, and we're going to provide the facilities, so it's going to be here this year. And uh, I think we're going to have a junior church and a nursery, too. So if you would be interested in helping with that. 
7 o'clock in the evening. Thank you. Uh, yeah, 7 o'clock in the evening. I didn't, I, for some reason, it wouldn't put PM on my thing, so I'll have to figure that out. But anyway, so that is 7 o'clock in the evening. I'd like for everyone to come out, have a great attendance, a fellowship. There will not be food provided or anything like that this time, uh, but uh, just uh, come and be prepared for a good service. And then our couples retreat. This year it's at uh, Brown County. Uh, Miss Pam's not here, but she knows the name of the place that we're staying. It's going to be a great time. What is it? cornerstone and so it's going to be a great time please sign up for that also money is not an option okay if you don't have the funds just let us know let me know so no one else has to know about it there's people in the church that would like to provide your way if you're unable to pay and uh, so that's not an option uh, uh, so not a problem at least um, we'll take care of that then we have a uh, happy belated birthday to Brother Sean McGinnis and also Miss Kimberly. Last week was their birthday, and so happy birthday. And then Miss Martha Schaust, her birthday was this last week as well. And uh, so then I want you to remember to pray for the, uh, the Cook family, Stephen Cozy Cook. Um, got a letter from him uh, not too long ago. I believe that Miss Cozy's in remission, and so we praise the Lord for that. Continue to pray for her, though. And then our Deacon of the Week, Brother Adam Amos, pray for him. Our family week, uh, Miss Myra Hutchison, so you pray for Miss Myra. And then our trustee of the week, Brother Jimmy Clevenger. Remember these folks in your prayers, if you don't mind. I'll have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. Again, I do appreciate you being here this morning in the Lord's house. Brother Eli, sir, would you please ask a blessing? you that tonight is our teen service so you come back tonight and uh, support our teenagers uh, everything that comes in this evening will go to our, our teen fund they're raising funds to go to Costa Rica those are going on a mission trip and uh, looking forward to that and that's this coming July so you come and support our teenagers tonight let's all stand we'll close in a word of prayer thank you again for being here and I'm going to ask uh, brother Travis sir would you close us in a word it's been good to be in your house this morning. We thank you, Father, for a place to come and worship. Lord, as the pastor preached this morning in the sanctuary, give us a love and a burning desire to be in your house when the doors are open. Thank you, Father, for the baptisms this morning for Brother Doug and Miss Jamie. Pray that you would bless them. Pray, Father, now as we go our separate ways that you would bring us back at the appointed time. These things we ask in your precious name.